Well, we're talking about, we've been talking about gratitude adjustment. Gratitude adjustment. I wonder, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, that was kind of ho-hum. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? All right. I wonder, did you have some food? Did you get with family? Friends? Okay, here's what here's the little phrase I want you to I want you to grab onto. Ready? Gratitude to God means makes even a temporal blessing a taste of heaven. Everything is better. Everything is better when it is give when when gratitude is given to God in the midst of family and friends and food and football and all the stuff that goes on with things. It's all better when we stop and we give thanks to the Lord. That's what this is all about. That's what gratitude adjustment is all about, is making sure that our gratitude is expressed in the correct direction. You know, this is a great reminder. One more time as we walk through gratitude adjustment, especially as we're moving into a new season, and this Christmas season, then on to 2021, I look back over 2020, and 2020 just stinks. Let's just call it what, it's icky, okay, it's over. But here's the thing. Even in the midst of all of the ickiness of 2020, there's still reasons to give thanks to the Lord. I was thinking about this this morning on my way to to church. Thank you, Lord, for certain things. I, I just somewhat had forgotten about it. Because what happens is life begins to just press at us, and it's it's easy for us to forget the things to be grateful for because of everything else that's happening. It just is. But gratitude is incredibly important. Gratitude is to be the natural and daily expression of my life as a Christ follower. This is not an add-on. This is not a seasonal thing. This is to be the natural expression of my life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And here's a $64,000 question. Will that actually occur in my life? Will I, after 2020... After season, this season is over and people stop talking about Thanksgiving, all of the Black Friday sales are over, Cyber Monday is done, all of this stuff is gone that kind of is connected to Thanksgiving, will we just dismiss it and stop being grateful? Or will gratitude continue to exponentially explode out of our lives? My hope is, is that the second is what would happen, is that gratitude would continue to grow within my life. It will, it will if I have allowed God, by His Spirit, to adjust my gratitude. It won't if I don't. So, our theme verses for this series, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. What does Paul say? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. You see, I've got to have an adjustment of the way I think. When my thinking is adjusted, gratitude is going to more readily flow from my life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will for me and for you to have our gratitude adjusted and to live with gratitude 24-7 and 365 days every year. Not just at the season of Thanksgiving. In the 1850s in Germany, there was a word that came into being. That word was worldview. I actually learned the pronunciation of worldview in German, but rather than completely embarrassing myself, 
I'm not going to share that with you because I'm sure I will get it completely wrong. Or, you know, you at least, you pause because you think you have it wrong and then you're totally messed up. Worldview will suffice for our conversation. What does worldview mean? Here's the, here is the very technical definition of worldview. A comprehensive conception or image of the universe and humanity's relationship to it. And you go, okay. What, is there something easier that might, I might be able to get my arms around? Yeah, there is. A man by the name of Jack Martin Leith wrote this definition of worldview, which is really good. He said, a worldview is the overall perspective from which one sees and interprets the world. It's a collection of beliefs about life and the universe held by an individual. I, here's, the, here's the way to illustrate it. He says, a worldview is like an operating system on a computer, controlling operations behind the scenes. When someone upgrades their worldview, certain things that were previously impossible become possible, and some things that were difficult become easy. I look at that and I go, man, that is so good. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about upgrading our worldview and including gratitude in that upgrade. Because truly, when you face, when you face a, a year like we have faced in 2020, it seems at times, and I'm just going to be frank, it seems at times it's impossible. It's impossible to be grateful for certain things that are occurring within, our, within this particular 12 months called 2020. But when, but when we upgrade our worldview, things that seemed impossible become possible. Things that seem difficult become easy. And the, and the reason for that is some of the things that we're going to talk about. Is when we can upgrade our gratitude because that focuses on God, not on things that are around us. We'll unpack that in a moment. It is so important. But really, it is very critical for us, at least in a very fundamental or foundational or very simplistic way, to understand what I mean by a biblical worldview. Because that's really what we're trying to upgrade. We're not upgrading the things that are here, but rather we're upgrading our, our worldview to include gratitude. What I think sometimes it's separated from it. But a biblical worldview, here are five things really quick that will kind of give you an idea of what a biblical worldview is. First, a biblical, in a biblical worldview, we acknowledge God as the one true God. God, listen to what Jesus said. This is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the, one, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. To have a biblical worldview, God is God. There is no other. The second part of this is, in a biblical worldview, we accept the Scripture as God's Word and that it is the rule of faith and practice. This is our authority. This is what we base our lives on. A biblical worldview says the Scriptures is where we, have, we find our strength, we find our direction for life. 2 Timothy 3, all Scriptures inspired by God is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. Also, in a biblical worldview, we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to know God. And his sacrifice for man's greatest need, which is sin, 
is complete. There is no other way to know the Father but through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's it. That's a biblical worldview. Third, also, when we, in a biblical worldview, we value life as God values life. Understand, Genesis chapter 1, very clear. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them male and female. He created them. We are to value life as God values life. His image is stamped on us. He breathed the breath of life into us. Life is important to God, therefore life must be important to us. We have to value it as He does. And then finally, we embrace a biblical ethic of morality and live our lives accordingly. Here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5. I won't take the time to read the entire portion, but just catch a little bit of it. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. And then Paul goes on and he lists what that is. Then he concludes this portion in verse 21. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, to embrace a biblical worldview says there are certain things that the Holy Spirit will speak to in our lives that we are not to live that way. If we do, we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. We are to live according to what the Scripture declares as being a biblical morality. And it needs to be apparent and clear within our lives. That is a very simplistic way of looking at what a biblical worldview is. So when we're upgrading our worldview, we're going to include gratitude. Gratitude is something that needs to be upgraded. It doesn't need to take second place. It doesn't need to be just an afterthought. It doesn't need to be a seasonal event. It is not a shopping opportunity. It is not a day off. There's something more to gratitude that we must embrace. Well, Upgrading, this whole idea of upgrading is not an idea that you probably aren't, you're not familiar with it because I'm going to just show you. I wonder, does anybody have this in their garage? Do you have an Edsel in your garage? Because if you do, please invite me over because I really, really want to get in one. I want to drive it. You don't have an Edsel. In fact, they were only made for two years, 1957 to 1958. They were an absolute failure. Failure. Now they're a classics. Okay, go figure. But nobody has one. They don't have them unless they're a classic car and they've all been polished up and they look really nice in the car shows. Okay? You'll probably see one at the Rod Run in March if we have the Rod Run, if that's not canceled. You know, but I don't think it will be. We're going to have a Rod Run this year. Okay. So you guys get excited about a Rod Run. I don't know. Anyway, I'm teasing. But there'll probably be one there. But you also, I wonder how many of you have one of these right now operating in your house. Probably not one of you. Not one of you. Why? Because we've upgraded. What about this? You carrying this thing on your hip? If you do, you probably got hip trouble. You know, it's too much weight on that thing. Because that, you know, they're so funny about these early cell phones. They had no, they had no battery power. I remember my first phone, I was thinking about this this morning. I was in graduate school and I would drive, I had to go to Orange County every week. And so I'd be driving home late at night after my classes were over. So I'm driving back, and I have my phone with me, but I would not turn my phone on all the way up to Orange County. I wouldn't turn it on until I started home. 
and I would only do it for just like two minutes, I would call Marcy and say, okay, dial. All right, Marcy, I'm on my way home. I'll be home in about an hour and a half. I'll see you later. Everything's good. All is well. See you later. Okay, bye. Click. The reason? It cost a fortune, and the battery would die in about 10 minutes. It was just crazy. And now my battery's on for three days. And it doesn't go, it's just crazy. Then, here's one more. Here's one more. How many of you got a Commodore 64 sitting around your house? Let me tell you something. You wish you did because it is now a collector's item. I have a friend. That's when I used this illustration some years ago. I don't know how many years ago I used that Commodore 64 thing. He, he told me afterwards, I got one at home. Still got it. And I went, of course you do, Patrick. That's what he did. It was, it wasn't un, it was not unusual for him to have that. This had 60, are you ready for this? 64 kilobytes of memory. And I think it had 128 kil, kilobytes of RAM. I think that's what the way this worked, okay? My phone, never mind. You know what I'm talking about. Upgrading is not a big deal, right? We do it all the time. Why would we be hesitant to upgrade our gratitude? I think one of the reasons we're hesitant to upgrade our gratitude is we don't think about it. It's out of sight and out of mind. We just go along as we always have with gratitude. And we don't think that if we upgrade it, it's going to make any big difference. I disagree. I think it makes an extreme amount of difference in a positive way to upgrade our gratitude. So I want us to look at two verses this morning. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. So then... So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. It's that last two words I want to focus on. Overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. I wonder if you would describe no, I won't, even, I won't even put that to you. I'll put that to me. Would I describe my gratitude as overflowing? Would I describe the way that I express gratitude as something that's just blown up? Probably not. I probably take gra- gratitude too much for granted. And what Paul is saying here, just real quickly in these verses, he's talking to a church in Colossae. That's the first thing. These are believers. In also... He's encouraging them to live out their faith, continue in him is what he would say. He's saying, you know, you need to be strengthened and be built in him. And then he comes to this one, that gratitude should be overflowing. To overflow in the New Testament, here's what it means. To exceed a fixed amount, a fixed number or measure. It's excessive. It's to a very great degree. We have more than enough. It's to be over and above. It surpasses. So think about it for a moment. Is that how you would describe your gratitude? Because I might say that if I can't describe my gratitude like that, here's what needs to happen. I need an upgrade. I need to upgrade my worldview to include gratitude, and gratitude has got to get higher and higher and higher and be expressed in an overflowing manner. So three thoughts this morning about an upgraded worldview that includes gratitude. The first is this. An upgraded worldview recognizes the source of gratitude. 
You know, I can't, I don't know that this can be expressed enough. I am so grateful for all that God has done in my life. And I, I want you to just think for a moment. Not even necessarily connected to 2020. Just think for a moment. Are you grateful for what God has done in your life? Think about it. If this morning you belong to Jesus, enough said. He saved you. In fact, God demonstrates his love for you in that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. You and I are saved by God's grace through faith. Come on. Come on. Does God need to do one more thing for us? That's enough. That should last us for an eternity to just say thank you to the Lord. But we need to recognize the source because Scripture is very clear. Once again, Paul says it this way. He says, overflowing gratitude. It, it, it exceeds everything. That's to be our life. And we need to recognize that that gratitude, or the source of that gratitude is God. When you've probably seen a river overflow its banks, whether it's in a flood condition or whatever. And in 1993, uh, our family, we went from Oakland, California to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we did that on our way to a conference, uh, to General Council, our, our, the Fellowship, the Assemblies of God General Conference. So we did so by train. Okay? We thought it would be really cool, rather than flying, we're going to do this by train. And it actually was. It was like camping, it was like camping on rails for like three days. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, uh, but we had a blast, and our kids still remember it, I think, as one of those significant trips. One of the things really significant about it, in 1993, there had been tremendous flooding in the Midwest. In fact, so much so that even just, just days before we were scheduled to leave, we weren't even sure we could get from Oakland to Minneapolis by rail because the rails... Um, the rail lines had been so compromised by the water, by the amount of water. But they finally gave permission to go, so we're on the train. And so we got to the flooded areas. I'm telling you, it was, you, you didn't know where farmland stopped and river began. It was devastating. It was devastating. And then we went through certain areas where two rivers were meeting. And I'm telling you, it was just explosive, the amount of water. Think about it. Overflowing thankfulness. When, when thankfulness overflows in our life, that's what happens. Everything changes. The topography of our life changes. You can't recognize, every, because everything is so focused. There's so much gratitude. And where does it come from? Or from whom? Or rather, to whom is our gratitude to be directed? It's to be directed to God. He is the source of that. And when he then pours out upon us and we really get a hold of this promise or this, this understanding of what it means to have overflowing gratitude, everything in our life changes. And then our focus goes back to God. God is the source of our gratitude. Paul would say it this way in 2 Corinthians. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I wonder, do we express ourselves that way? And then James would say this, every good and perfect present comes from heaven. It's, it comes from God, the creator of heavenly lights, who doesn't change or cause darkness 
by turning. You understand that all that we have comes from God. No matter what it is, it's from the hand of God. And we are to express our gratitude to Him, overflowing in a way that it changes everything. The source is God. We need to recognize it, remember it. And then I think we just need to champion it and trumpet it. Second, an upgraded worldview that includes gratitude, it produces gratitude in an instinctive way. In an instinctive way. What do I mean by that? I think we all understand what instinct is. It's the natural and innate impulse, an inclination or tendency. So what is your tendencies? What is your default? That's another way of saying it. Here's I'm going to let you in on a secret. I've probably said this before, but it bears repeating. When I get stressed, I have a natural response. It's called hamburgers, french fries, and Rocky Road. That is my default. If you see me eating a lot of burgers, all you need to do is say, Gary, are you under stress? And I'm going, yes, thank you, Jesus, because I'm getting to eat burgers. No, I'm teasing. Uh, I, I love a good burger anytime, any day. I could eat it five, six times a week, and I'd be just fine. So I have to be careful. Now, there are other things that people respond in stress that aren't as harmful as a burger and, and Rocky Road ice cream. But the point is, that's my default. That's my default. Well, I wonder, I wonder, do we respond with gratitude as an instinct? So let's just, let's just say this way. Life goes off the rails. And life goes off the rails. And it will if it hasn't. It will. So is your first response, God, I don't understand everything that's going on, but I want to start by giving you thanks. I want to give you praise. I'm so grateful for who you are. I'm so grateful for all that you've done in my life. Lord, I just worship you. I just pause for a moment and say, thank you, God. Is that the response? Or is it this? What is up with this? We complain, we complain and we whine. And honestly, in 2020, I have complained and I have whined and I have moaned about all the stuff. I'm going to tell you, my default this year has not been gratitude and shame on me and God forgive me and let my gratitude be upgraded. Let my worldview be upgraded with gratitude so that the instinct response is thank you, Jesus. It's not that we are thankful for all the things. It's we are thankful in the midst of everything. Our source of gratitude is God. He does not change as we just read in James chapter 1. He's always faithful. He's always good. Is our instinct to be grateful? Or is our instinct something other than? Paul would say this in Ephesians 5, always giving thanks to God for everything. Always giving thanks. Always. The key that certainly is that word always giving thanks. It should never be an add-on. It should be an instinct. And let me tell you a little story, a biblical story. It's one that you're probably, you have some familiarity with it. Story of Lazarus. As you know, Lazarus was a, a very dear friend of Jesus, and he died. Jesus delayed his trip from Jerusalem to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, for four days after he'd been informed of Lazarus' death. So when he gets to Bethany, Martha sees him first and says, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. A little later, Mary comes and says the same thing. If, my, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So out of that, Jesus then goes to the tomb 
to where Lazarus was buried. And this is what we read. Chapter 11, verse 38. Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Now, what was he angry about? I think he was angry about a number of things. He was angry at death and what death had done, the sorrow that it had caused. I think he was angry at the professional mourners that had showed up, which they were doing what they did. I think there was a lot of things that he could have been angry about. Then we continue to read, roll the stone away. Roll the stone aside. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing around here. Standing here. So they, they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead men came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Now you say, what is, what are, what's your point here? Notice. When Jesus prays, he says, Father, thank you for hearing me. Okay. But here's the next part. You always hear me. He said that for the benefit of people standing around. He he knew down deep in his heart, as soon as he prayed, God heard him. There was an instinctual An instinctive response. He knew that God had heard him, and he thanked God that he did. I wonder if we would live the same way, with an instinctive response of gratitude. That the first thing we do, no matter what the occasion might be, that we would respond, thank you, Lord. I don't understand. I may not even like it. I don't, whatever. God, thank you. Let that be the instinctive response of our lives. You see, instinctive gratitude comes naturally. It simply overflows. It's a natural response of a follower of Jesus Christ. God, let it be said of me that I have an instinct, an instinct of gratitude, no matter what I may face. Number three, and finally, an upgraded worldview that includes gratitude eliminates circumstances from dictating our level of gratitude. Now, we've had plenty of circumstances that can just crush our gratitude. We have a lot of reasons not to be thankful. Wouldn't anybody? I hope somebody agrees with that. we got a lot of reasons not to be thankful. But we shouldn't let circumstances dictate the level of our gratitude because circumstances change. They just do. My life... The things that I've faced, Marcy and I've faced, we've had crazy things happen. In fact, I think back to, we had a a period of time from, it was about a two-year, little less than a two-year period of time. We had one death in our family after another. Very serious illness. And just one death, and then another death, and then another death. All the way to a 12-year-old nephew who died of leukemia. And I remember exactly where I was, and I'm calling out to God in prayer. I was on the 805, going north on the 805 in San Diego. There's the big bridge that crosses Interstate 8. I was right in the middle of the bridge. And I was praying. I said, God, I don't get it. I pray in faith. I believe. I trust. Don't you hear me? Isn't my prayer worth it? Lord, what is going on? I don't understand that. Man, we, I was, we were torn apart. We didn't know what to do. Life had just gone off the rails. But I can tell you honestly, I didn't at that moment give God thanks. 
I let circumstances dictate my response. Later, I'm telling you, when a, a, a wonderful ministry opportunity was a part of our lives, and that ended very abruptly and very badly, my first response was, thank you, Lord. Didn't happen. I went down the circumstance road because that was what was dictating my responses. Now, I'm not proud of any of that. I'm just telling you, my, I didn't have an instinct of gratitude. I wasn't focusing on the things of the overflowing gratitude and the source to God. It wasn't there. I don't want it to be that way. I don't want circumstances to dictate the level of my gratitude, and none of us should. Because circumstances will come. Sometimes they're going to be great. And we're immediately saying, hey, thank you, Lord. But when they're not so great, are we as quick to say, thank you, Lord, in the midst of all of this, you are still good. You're still loving. You still care for me. Thank you, God, for who you are. And let the overflowing gratitude of our life be what is expressed. I wonder, I wonder. I want it to be because, see, that's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. And I need to have my gratitude upgraded. Probably many of us do. Rick Warren said something so good. He said, "Happy in happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. Painful moments, trust God. Every moment, thank God. Come on. Come on. That's as good as it gets. Because that that tells you how we're to live life. The circumstances aren't going to dictate the level of my gratitude. It's not going to happen. I won't let it happen. Because I think when it happens, it turns us away from the source of our gratitude. It, it turns us to other things. No, 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 no. This is the way we need to live. So a couple of observations. The first is this. When we are thankful, regardless of the circumstances, it helps us resist being discontent. And we're, I think we're very quick to become discontented. We really are. Listen to what Philippians chapter 4 says. Paul, <coughs> Paul says it well. He says, I've learned how to be content. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. That is a, that's a very significant phrase. I've learned how to be content. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You see, discontent is dissatisfaction or a restless desire of craving for something one does not have. No. When we are overflowing with gratitude, when our gratitude has been upgraded, then it helps us resist being discontent. The second thing is that when we are thankful regardless of the circumstances, the influence of our lives that it has on others is absolutely incalculable this side of eternity. When things go sideways in your life, and they will, if they haven't, I'm going to encourage you, if they haven't, they will, just wait. It'll happen. It's unavoidable. But when that happens, what if we were to respond with overflowing thankfulness? What kind of a testimony would that be to your children, to your grandchildren, to your neighbors, 
to those who work alongside you. And they see in your life that things have just blown up. And you come with an attitude of just saying, you know something, I don't understand it all, but I'm okay. You say, how can you be okay? Because God is the source of everything I have. I'm so grateful to God. Oh, things could be so much worse. I am so blessed. What a response. What an influence in the lives of others. Listen to what Peter said. Keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles. Conduct yourselves honorably with graciousness and integrity so that for whatever reason they may slander you as evildoers, yet by observing your good deeds, they may instead come to glorify God on the day of visitation when he looks upon them with mercy. Influence, influence. Well, as we bring our time to a close this morning in this, ser- in this series, I just asked the question, you need an upgrade? You need an upgrade? Okay. When you do, now, I tell people this all the time. I, computers, I don't know anything about them other than this. I can, I'm a user. I'm not an understander. All right? Get that straight. But here's what I know. You upgrade your, you upgrade your software. Here's what happens. You go from, let's just, I'll just choose arbitrary numbers. You're upgrading your software from 15.1 to 15.2. That's your upgrade, okay? There you go. When that happens, program comes in, it overwrites everything, and it gives you all this new operating stuff. It's all behind the scenes. Remember we talked about that earlier. It's all behind the scenes, but it's all determining what happens. That upgrade. I got a, I got a suggestion. Here's what we're going to upgrade. We're going to upgrade gratitude from 20.20 to 20.21. How about for the next 12 months, we live with an upgraded gratitude? That we allow God by His Spirit to just transform us with overflowing thankfulness. So one last thought, and it's something that I shared in the first week of this series. And it's from a gal by the name of Melody Beatty. And here's what she said. Gratitude adjusted makes sense of your past, brings peace to today, and it creates a vision for tomorrow. I love that phrase. I want my attitude adjusted. I trust you do as well. Stand with me, please. We're going we're gonna to do something before we worship right now. We are just going to fill this room with praise. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. All I want you to do this morning is if you lift your hands like this, lift your hands like that. If you lift your hands like this, do this. If you stretch them out, however you want to do it, that's it's up to you. But before we do all of that, I just got one question for you. And I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand on it. Do you need an attitude upgrade or gratitude upgrade? I do. I do. I got both hands going. Okay? Because I've got to get into, I got to get into this overflowing thankfulness. All of us do. So here's how we're going to do it right now. Now, however you lift your hands, I want you to just lift your hands. If it's up like this, whatever it is, lift your hands. And I want you to just vocally begin to praise God and give Him thanks. Come on. Just fill this room with praise. Lord, we thank you this morning for who you are. We praise you, O God, that you are great and greatly to be praised. We honor and bless your name. There's no one like you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the source of all things. 
We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us abundantly and you continue to bless us no matter what is happening. We are grateful for you, Lord. We're grateful for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the provision that we experience each and every day. We thank you, Lord, that you are a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy of our praise. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. I pray, O oh God, that we would be filled with overflowing thankfulness, that in everything and at every time we would be grateful for who you are and all that you do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, bless each of our lives, O oh God, extraordinarily as we offer to you our gratitude for who you are and all you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you thanks, Jesus. We give you thanks, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that just in this simple moment of an expression of gratitude, Lord, our hearts would be transformed. Change us, oh Lord. Upgrade our gratitude. Lord, to whatever level it needs to be upgraded. God, I pray that we wouldn't just thank you for things that are crazy and awful. No, no, no. But in the midst of them all, we can be grateful. Lord, I pray that we would always be turned towards you, knowing that you're the source. The source. I pray, Lord, that the default, the instinct of our lives, it would be great, it would be gratitude. I pray, Lord, that circumstances would not dictate the level of our, of our thankfulness as they change. You don't change. So if we maintain you as the source, we'll always be grateful for all things. So just as the Apostle Paul said, always giving thanks for everything in the name of Jesus Christ, for this is God's will for you. Let it be so in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name.